All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful thing. Laugh a little more thing. Tight, tighten up your core thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. I actually want to start with a clip of younger me because she was the actually the inspiration for tonight. No, life is life. Not lots of people like to open their eyes, look at the world, but I do. Let me tell you something, man. I do. So if you really think that you don't have anything to do, well, look at my life and you'll find something. Hmm, really nice to do. Look at me. Oh. Okay, so whenever I had that converted, that's an old VHS tape and shout out Legacy Box. I thought I had lost that video, honestly. I remember making it because what you don't see the longer video is my dog had just had a bunch of puppies and we had a computer and I decide to do a whole 
TV show about this computer and what it did. I honestly had no idea what it did. I was just like, it's this box with all these things. And it really was, it was this big old box. But anyway, I had my own little talk show that I was hosting in my laundry room. But when I found that tape and then I decided to convert it digitally and I got to watch it back, I was like, oh, I want to tap into that version of myself, that me that was curious about life and obviously thought that my life was super amazing. <laughs> Because, you know, if you didn't have anything going on, like I wanted you to, you know, just look at my life. So really the question for this first thing when it comes to living life is what does it look like to really live your life? And I've been wrestling with that question. If you listen to the podcast, then you know that the last couple of years have been a little bit rough, but I haven't gotten into a lot of exactly why, but it's been a thing if you're a loyal listener. Now, some of you might be here tonight randomly because you came with a friend or someone told you to come and you're like, I don't really know what this is. It sounds like it could be okay. And you don't know anything about me, then it's more like, I feel like I'm bringing you into some inside stuff and I just want to be like, hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> I am someone that has been through a lot, and I feel as though the stuff that I've gone through has woken me up in a way. And this might seem a little bit intimate to do, especially if you're new here, but I'm just going to go ahead and read to you something verbatim that I recently journaled. When you have no idea you're sleepwalking through life, it's hard to know you need to wake up. Then one day, life throws you so far out to sea that you're drowning in the waves. You now have two choices. Succumb to the ocean and continue to drift away towards death or call in the Coast Guard because you're ready to make it back to shore to put in the work to live a full, meaningful life. Now, I honestly feel like we could go up to anyone in this room and you'd have something heavy that you've experienced. Maybe you're currently in it or you've gone through it. So I know I'm not alone in this. But some of you might feel so far out to sea right now that making your way back to shore seems totally impossible. And when you heard me read Drift Away Towards Death, some of you might have been like, well, that sounds dramatic. But that's honestly where I was. I had some pretty crazy thoughts around the 2020 time frame. Because I was having them, I kind of thought, well, everybody must have these thoughts. And I decided to share them with my therapist, and she said, oh, no, Amy, not everyone has those thoughts. <laughs> and I was like, well, shoot, I better get some help. <laughs> and, you know, that was just one of my therapists. Um, <laughs> when I say Coast Guard, I really mean like I had to call in the Coast Guard, which was multiple people. I was trying to add them up over the last two years, and we'll just stop at 10, because that sounds a lot, like a lot, but there really was like 10 different people involved, and I actually ran into one of them at the grocery store last Sunday, and I couldn't believe it, because I, I had not seen her. She was involved early on, like in the 2020, like very early when I was a mess. Like she saw the lowest of lows of me. She saw the worst of the worst. She saw the me that one day with all of my clothes on, walked out my back door and into my pool with my family witnessing because I had, I just wanted it to all stop. I wanted it to be over and I didn't know what to do. And I think that 
you know, my family was just like, what just happened? And I didn't even know, quite honestly. I came out of the water and was like, okay, well, now I need to go change. <laughs> but something about that felt therapeutic and good, and it's what I needed to do. But she was there during that time, and I hadn't seen her in a long time. So when I see her on the cereal aisle with her husband and her child, I'm like, oh, here she is in the wild. Like, am I allowed to, like, hug her? I've not hugged her before. Am I allowed to talk? I don't know. So I feel like I awkwardly do need to hug her. So I do. And it took everything in me to not scream from the top of my lungs. I'm better now. <laughs> I wanted her to know so badly. Like, I... And better now. But again, she, doesn't, she hasn't seen all the work that I've done and everything that I've been through because we ended up having to transition. And that's why it's not like all these therapists were all at the same time. <laughs> there was different things happening uh, that required different expertise. But anyway, she was a part of the Coast Guard that helped me get back to shore. And other members of my Coast Guard included Linda, which Linda was a complete stranger to me that somehow came into my life and I flew to Virginia not knowing her. She picked me up from the airport not knowing what she looked like. And somehow I found myself in her car and she was driving me to a hotel where for three days straight we were going to unpack my life. <laughs> and I did that with Linda. Then uh, there was also Dr. Levy, his team of five, Janet, Alex, Tom. The list goes on. So a lot of the details have been private, but definitely not secret. And I think for a lot of us, it's important to remember that, especially with social media. And like, you may not have a public job, but you may have things going on. And you're like, ooh, I need to be vulnerable. Because Brene Brown says to be vulnerable, and I need to share, which I love Brene. And it can get confusing, because you do want to open up, and you don't want others to feel alone. But Kat, what's the thing with that? What's the thing with like, there's vulnerable, you have that really good saying? Information is not vulnerability. There you go. Information is not vulnerability. So there's some information that can stay private. And a lot of details, like I said, private but not secret, especially to those that are close in my life. Not a secret at all. Part of my Coast Guard is my friends and family as well. But you know, there are people in my DMs that send interesting... <laughs> notes to me like I could put up a question box and say Ooh, you know what's your favorite Christmas movie and this is what I'll get <laughs> these are real are you still married are you an active bulimic off topic but what brand are your high-waisted jeans most of the time they're Abercrombie and then you know I'm still considering the 250 for feet fix because <laughs> I mean that seems like that's not a bad gig. There is that wiki feat or something. And this is just an example of some of the DMs and some of the emails. And I know that I've opened up about so much of my life. So sometimes through the Bobby Bone Show and the podcast, we do share so much. So then it, some people feel like they, get, they want to know every single little detail. And I'm not in a place, and nor may I ever be in a place to share it all. But the things I do choose to share with you tonight, I do so to help maybe put some things in life into perspective to share with you that sometimes you go through things that are really painful, but then when you get on the other side of them, you see how they were divine and even necessary to help wake you up. And I'll start with in the spring of last year, 
when I had a few months earlier had to make one of the most difficult decisions in my life that I was still grieving and wrestling with and struggling with anyway, my dad unexpectedly went on life support. And then at that moment, I thought, How, I cannot be dealing with these two things at the exact same time. I just cannot. But what I didn't factor in was this other third thing that was lurking that I was in complete denial about, complete denial for a very, very long time. But with our dad dying, it became very obvious and clear. And this third thing was that an intervention needed to happen, and my sister and I were going to have to do it on somebody that we loved. And alcoholism, addiction, that's something that is not in our family, that we, it was foreign to us. We didn't understand it. That's why I probably, we spent so much time in denial. But I do know this for a fact, that if my dad wasn't dying, I wouldn't have been able to see that it was completely necessary to now face this other fear. And my sister and I wouldn't have had the courage to do it. So I really feel that like sometimes God has to push us to the edge so that we start living our life instead of just tiptoeing around it. Because I really feel like I was just kind of tiptoeing around things like it's fine. <laughs> you know, we have a whole four thing shirt like you're wearing it right there. It's fine. I'm fine. Everything is fine. And that shirt is sarcasm because like things are not fine, but that's okay. We can laugh about certain things too you know, laughter and pain and joy and suffering, those things can live together at the same time. And I'm not saying that God is making you go through something hard by saying God has to push you to the edge, but I'm asking you to look at it this way. Whatever is going on, what if the purpose is to wake you up and open your eyes and see how you really want to live your life? And when I think of living my brain instantly goes to one of my favorite songs, which is titled Living, and it is by one of my favorite artists, Dirk Bentley. What's up, y'all? We're on the video shoot for a song called Gold today, which is a lot like the song Living, um, which is one of my favorite songs I've ever written. It was inspired on the road. A couple guys in the band had ventured off to Walgreens one day, that being Dan Hochalter and Ben Helson and uh, I was so shocked they'd actually gone off the bus and done something with their lives even if it was something as silly as going to Walgreens because I was sitting on the bus playing Halo video games all day long and um, it kind of made me realize there's a lot of living to be done out there and not just being alive but actually living there's a difference between the two and I realized at that point that I had been barely getting by so uh, the song was kind of a Reminder to get out there and live. Some days you can't, some days you're just kind of grinding away, and that's just the way it is. But some days you can do some living, and um, that's the song's a good reminder of me to me to get out there and make the most of those days when you can. Just got to get past that initial inertia, and um, I don't know. I'd like to think that this band right here is the epitome of living when it comes to country music bands, all right? Or they would say the epitome, but it's actually epitome. <laughs> All right, go out there and do some living, y'all. See ya. Some days you're living like you never die. And the truth is, we do die. <laughs> some of you maybe need that nudge, that extra reminder, like I know I did, to, to wake up and live a full life. And I'm not an expert here at all whatsoever. I'm someone that is on the journey. <laughs> and so I'm in this with you. 
And what I can share, though, are some, some tools that have helped me during this difficult time. One of those things is journaling, which used to be so intimidating to me because I wasn't a writer. And, you know, we have the four things gratitude journal, which that's pretty simple and easy. It's not intimidating at all. But the thought of just journaling pages and pages and thoughts is a lot. Um, but I'm thankful for my friend Allie Fallon, who is an author and a writing expert, who put together writing prompts for tonight. So all four things, the living life, the getting unstuck, the making a move, the showing up. And we're, don't worry, we're not going to break into small groups and journal <laughs> tonight. But I thought you might want to, you know, journal later in your own time on all four things or one thing in particular. And so Allie Fallon put together writing prompts, and I'll share with you later where you can go online to access everything tonight, from the playlist to the writing prompts to book recommendations for each thing. Because I do feel like books have been so helpful to me the last couple of years from if I have time to sit down and read one or to download one on Audible and listen to it while I'm running errands or doing stuff at the house or taking the dog on a walk, however I could get it in, information was so helpful for me. From books where people were sharing personal stories, they've walked through this before, that way I didn't feel alone, from more scientific type books so I could understand my brain and what was happening and others' brains and our bodies. And so I do have book recommendations for each thing. And another tool has been a reminder to celebrate life, but not just the big things, the small things, and making sure that I notice those. And when they're happening, you know, make sure I'm acknowledging them. And I saw this football life analogy on Instagram the other day that this woman was talking about how she was at a football game recently and she noticed how she doesn't really like sports that much, but she was there to support somebody. And she was like, every time the team got the ball and they maybe went two yards, people were freaking out and cheering like crazy. And then they would go 10 yards and get a first down or whatever, and then they would freak out and cheer. Like there was all this cheering. And then obviously the touchdown, there's cheering. But she said it made her think about life and how, why don't we live that way? You know, we go one yard, why, why are we not cheering and freaking out for ourselves? And so I thought that was a really good analogy for life especially for the like five men that are here that might like <laughs> that might like football we knew there was going to be maybe some guys here but it makes me think of my friend Gracie Mokler and she is a seven on the Enneagram she's all about celebrating and having fun and she has come up with a business which I think is amazing called emergency confetti and what these are for are for those moments in life. You can like keep them in your glove box. You can keep them in your purse. You can keep them around the house. And if there's anything that comes up in life, you know, big or small, but mostly this is time for us to acknowledge like those small things that are still really big and worth celebrating. Like you get out the popper and you bust out your emergency confetti. And Gracie had this idea for this business a long time ago and she'd been dreaming it up or whatever. And we had a girl's night one night and we were sitting on my back patio and as she was saying it, I thought, oh my gosh, we recently had a tell me something good on the Bobby Bone show where it's this little boy and like his mom had picked him up from school or something and she told him some good news and all of a sudden he pulled all this confetti out of his pocket and then like threw it up in the air and she goes, what was that? And he goes, it's my emergency confetti. <laughs> when I told her that story, she, she was like, oh, that's it. 
That's what I'm trying to build. That's the name of the business. And so anyway, here we are, fast forward, and she has graciously given us all poppers. So we'll get to everybody else in a little bit, but we're just going to do a, a quick demo on stage of what that might look like. And so I've brought four people on stage. So I just want you to like introduce yourself, say what you're celebrating, and then we're going to all pop them together. So, and you can say where you're from too. My name's JC. I'm from Wichita, and I'm celebrating going back to school in my mid-40s. My name's Shaylee. I'm JC's daughter. I'm from Wichita as well, and I'm celebrating graduating from KU this year. I'm Annie. I'm from Sacramento, California, and I am celebrating coming here by myself, leaving my kids and my husband home alone for the first time, uh, and just traveling solo. <laughs> and with that too like I met like a few people or more I don't know that came here tonight at the VIP thing and I just I also got DMs and emails of people like hey can I come alone and I loved being able to reply absolutely so thank you for doing that for yourself and coming and yeah you need a time away from other people yes I do <laughs> especially my husband and my kids Okay, and I'm Adeline, and I'm celebrating my aunt and her doing this because it's awesome. Okay, we'll say where you live. Oh, I'm from Pagosa Springs, but now I go to school at CU Boulder. Yes. And um, so sweet that you're here celebrating me being here. <laughs> because honestly, I'm going to do a popper too, and I'm just going to show y'all that for me, this is kind of a big thing, so I know we're trying to, you can celebrate the big and the small, but I'm also just, it took courage for me to come and do something like this just on my own. I've been doing the podcast for a while now, but I've been with the Bobby Bone Show for 16 and a half years. <laughs> and that is like, it's so fun, but I feel as though sometimes I, I get, I'm like, oh, I feel comfortable with other people and that is how it's done, and I'm trying to do more to spread my wings and do things on my own and, and fly. So I'm also, I guess, celebrating myself being here. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to try to do this holding a microphone and whatnot, but we're going to show you all this. Keep this demo in mind because I don't want to give anything away, but we're all going to pop one together later. <laughs> okay, so you turn to the left to the left, like everybody turn their popper to the left. Are you watching the, the game? I just know I got a lot of messages. I even met a girl at the airport yesterday. She was like, are you Amy? And I said, yeah. And she goes, are you here for your show? I said, yeah. She goes, I wanted to come, but there's a basketball game. <laughs> so yeah, right? Oh, it's a football? <laughs> Why was I thinking it was basketball? I guess she said game and I, yeah, so I'm a big sports fan. That's why I purposely put in the football analogy. Okay, all right, so we're gonna turn to the left, but on the count of three, like we're celebrating these things. You're going back to school, you're graduating, you left your family. <laughs> and, but you're going back and we're here together. So let's go. Okay, one, two, three. Okay, so fun, so fun. I feel like now we're, it's like a Taylor Swift concert. 
We also have fun things inside each thing, like giveaways. So when it comes to living life, we have a four things tote that is our life goals tote. And the four things that are on there can be good little mantra or reminder of you know, how you want to live life. But inside of the tote is tons of nail polish and a whole nail polish kit from Olive and June, which is my favorite nail polish company. And for me, sometimes when I'm just, ugh, maybe this is not you. So if you don't, if you win this and you don't like the nail polish, well, there's so many little nail polishes in here. You could give it to a nail polish to all of your friends and they'll think you're so generous. <laughs> But for me, something about getting my nails done or painting my nails, I just feel that's one thing that I do for myself that's like, okay, I'm alive. Here we are. Look at me living life. I'm so crazy. <laughs> so right now I'm going to draw whoever is going to get this four things tote and the nail polish from Olive in June. E106. Is that you? Okay, well, here, yeah, I'll just pass it back, pass it back, thank you. Do you like nail polish? Oh, good. <laughs> All right, so you might be thinking, okay, cool, cool, thanks for, you know, hooking me up with writing prompts and book recommendations and a little, little reminder to celebrate life, but I'm feeling stuck, and I definitely am going to need to get unstuck if I want to even start to think about living my life. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands, Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up and store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, so I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories and they cut out the cost of the middleman and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. 
it could retail for $148. So that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. A friend was over for dinner the other day and, you know, we were just making conversation around the table, asking questions. And this friend said to my daughter, like, hey, what's something that makes your mom happy? And her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset, especially when the smell is just right. And by smell, I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Sentiva is my go-to. And I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. And again, for me, it's always going to be coconut. My kitchen smells like a little tropical vacation when I use it. And I love that with Clorox, I know I'm getting a really good clean as well. So it's a powerful clean and a refreshing scent. Clorox Sentiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. You can get yours now at a retail store near you. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like I want research. I want to know like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. The results... Well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. And again, I said earlier, I'm not the expert. I'm on the journey. And so for getting unstuck, I feel like it's necessary to have an expert. And that's when I would like to welcome my friend and licensed therapist and host of You Need Therapy podcast, Kat Tafata. Okay, I do want to say before we even start, I know we were nervous about making this too serious and you're killing it. Oh. fun. You're killing it. Okay, so when it comes to getting unstuck, the question that we're going to ask ourselves is, what have you not been able to admit to yourself? And one thing that took me years to admit, just me personally, was I was stuck because of an eating disorder. And it was scary because I knew I was stuck, 
but it was also comfortable, and I knew I needed help, but all of that was really daunting. And, scary. Yeah, scary. And, you know, I mentioned even doing the intervention. That was necessary, but I was in denial. Like, we were, the, the denial is there. So I feel like a lot of us can be in that, whether it's, it could be an eating disorder, it could be alcohol, but, you know, what are your thoughts on why do we do that? Well, Amy, so well, I'm glad you started that with that, though, because I feel like a lot of times what happens when we're stuck is we have these feelings of like, oh, I'm scared. And that comes with like, oh, that might mean that I need some kind of help. You need a 10 therapist. Some people need one. Like, it's just individual. And that was the extreme circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And they weren't all at once. We have to remember that. But I think what happens a lot of times is we feel those feelings like fear and I need help. And we go, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're told in our culture that like, that's bad. Like, we don't ask for help. We do things on our own. I'm strong. I'm doing this one-woman show. I don't want guests on my show. I don't need anybody else. Like, that's typically what we're, we're surrounded with. And so I think it's really important to start with, I think, that moment when we feel, if you listen to anything I, I talk on, whether it's your podcast or mine, I talk a lot about how, like, feelings are guides. So we get these feelings, and a lot of times we're like, how do I get rid of the sadness? How do I get rid of being lonely? I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel that. When really, that's like a guide leading you to a need and we actually have to pay attention to it and it's not about getting rid of it it's about listening to it and a lot of times when we listen to our fear it might be saying hey you can't do this alone and I think that invites us into like our humanity like I'm a human that's not perfect and I need help and that's what you're kind of talking about and so I think that's like a perfect thing to share with everybody needing help is actually like a really sign of strength Asking for help. Needing help, we all need help. Asking for it, sign of strength. Yeah. When I think of someone that's admitting at a time where they were lost and really needing help, it makes me think of Walker Hayes and his sobriety journey. Hey, what's up, y'all? Walker Hayes here. Amy Brownies. Four things, people. Four things, fam. Whatever y'all call yourself. I love y'all. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, Beer in the Fridge. Uh, Amy, thanks for featuring it. Um, beer in the fridge is about as true as it gets. Um, it's odd to me that that song is just floating around to tell you the truth because it's just uh, it's too just pretty close to home. Uh, I'm seven years will be seven years sober this October, but that song was written uh, within a couple weeks of me quitting drinking, and uh, quitting drinking was something that I never thought. Um, I would do, you know, my wife and I would have conversations about it and I would just, I would just be like, there's no way, um, you know, there's no way I can do life sober. And that song is about a specific beer that a friend of mine pointed out to me in my shed, uh, in this little refrigerator. And when I quit drinking, uh, he noticed, uh, his name is Scott. He noticed that that was, that beer never went away. And he was like, that's odd. And uh, I would open up the fridge and just kind of look at it every day. And it became somewhat of a battle for me that I could win, like a very easily winnable battle, you know, and I would look at that beer every day. And, you know, the, the song hits on a lot of emotions that Laney and I went through, um, talking about quitting and not being able to and the destruction, you know, alcoholism was doing to our family. So, yeah, if you can relate, you know, 
Um, obviously, people can, and um, I hope the song is helpful in some way, uh, form, or fashion. But again, Amy, thanks for featuring it. That song such, is so good. I was going to say it's such a good song. It's such a good song. You have to go listen to the whole thing. But, and again, all the, the music and the playlist and everything, I'll tell you how you can access that later. So good. So I think that we all have beers in the fridge. They might just not be beer. So I want you to tell us what yours is. I think an obvious one for me, as I mentioned, eating disorder earlier. So, so my thing, my, my beer in the fridge might be food and how I used to lock it up, mm-hmm. like literally in a food in a safe. safe. <laughs> I ordered it on Amazon and it was actually a nutritionist had told me to do it. And so I was like, okay. I actually thought it was really cool. And I was telling other people, you should buy this food safe. And you put your food in there and you lock it up. And then um, you can't get to it for 24 more hours. (laughs) So I can laugh about it a little bit now. But I also know that if anybody else is in similar types of behaviors or doing something, I want to be sensitive to that and know that there's no shame or judgment. Really, like, honestly, anything in life, you could tell me anything. And I'll be like, okay. I've been there. (laughs) Cool. I still see you as a normal person. So with the food safe, I think now my food getting to live freely Mm -hmm. in my pantry without being locked up is sort of my beer in the fridge. Like I know that there's chips and Oreos or whatever in the different things and I can trust myself. So that's an example of, of beer in the fridge. But, you know, I had to, you know, even Walker was saying, like, his wife was like, I don't know that you could drink. He's like, I don't think I could ever live life sober. He did not think, but he had an awakening, and his story is much more than just that. But for me, I kind of had to have a moment, too. If it wasn't for finding different resources and people, like I think of my friend Lisa Haim, and she has a whole course called Fork the Noise. And I love the name of that. And hers was specifically for getting out of disordered behaviors with food and and body image. But it really could be fork the noise in all kinds of things. Like we have all kinds of noise, we have noise in our head, we have broken soundtracks, we have all kinds of things that can loop in our brain. And I love that like she's saying, no, we're gonna stick a fork in it. And you did. And I did, but fork the noise was a huge part of that recovery process for me. Yeah, and I think that, like, if we all kind of take a little bit of introspection right now, we all have those beers in the fridge. They don't have to be, like, I think addiction is, like, oh, yeah, that. But I can be, like, no, I don't have that. So I don't have a beer in the fridge. But it could be perfectionism. It could be work. It can be people-pleasing. Like, there's all these different kinds of things that we use to get a certain kind of need met. And we have our beer in the fridge. We have our eating disorder. We have our people-pleasing. We have these things. And we say this to ourselves all the time. Why do I keep doing that? Like, I know that's not helping. Why do I keep doing that? And it's a shame thing, right? So, like, that feels really shameful to, like, admit that, like, I keep doing this thing that I know is holding me hostage and I know this isn't helping me. I tell that story because as humans, there's rarely ever things that we do for no reason. So I want to get your feedback on this to help us kind of paint the picture of our own lives of how might that thing that now we know it wasn't good, right? Like, that was not helpful, What was in the beginning, like how might have your beer in the fridge, your eating disorder, whatever behaviors it was for you, like how did that help you? And then after that, how did you actually realize that it was then holding you hostage? Okay, well, with a lot of the work that I've done, I can think of a lot of things, but I feel like, yeah, it was a safe place for me. It protected me. It also numbed 
me. Like numbing was a big thing. Yeah. So I don't know if all the different things numb, but for me in particular, numbing was big. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's important that you said that because often we hear the word like it numbed and we're like, you shouldn't numb your feelings. However, in certain parts of our lives, we might not have any other option. Like think about like a kid who doesn't have any other resources. Like if they're in a situation where their family is not there for them or maybe they see their parents fighting a lot, there's some kind of trauma going on there. We don't have a lot of resources, so all we can do is go away and find some way to hide and numb, and numb from that. And so it's something that really has helped us in it makes me think of, which I love your videos from when you were a kid, but it makes me think of you saying, like, I want to get back to that. Like, I want to get back to that person and start living again. But, like, how did I get here? Like, how did I become this person that has all of these things? And then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, who am I and what am I doing? And this goes back to, like, 101 cat, how I work as a therapist. And I think that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, whatever country, you are born with these two innate desires. And those in desires are, one, to be yourself, right? I mean, when you're born, you don't literally know anybody else. So, like, you're just like, I'm going to be myself. And then, two, it is to be loved and connected. And how we know that is, like, you are actually born connected to your mom. Like, we have to cut you apart. We are born to be connected to other people to sustain our life. And what happens is after we're born, we get put into the world and we have experiences some like less than nurturing, right? We have some, some little T trauma, some big T trauma. And as that happens, we feel a threat to our need to feel loved and, and belonging and connection. And that desire, for some reason, trumps the desire to be ourselves. So we pick th these things up and then we drop some things so that we can remain in whatever circle we want to be in. Maybe it's in your marriage, I don't know what it is for you, but as life starts to threaten that belonging, that connection, I will be resilient and I will do what it takes to manufacture some sort of love. And that's, I think, where we get stuck a lot, where we've actually received this like manufactured connection, like I have these people all around me, I wish I could count how many times I've heard people in my office be like, I have this big group of friends, and I have all these Instagram followers, and I have all of this, but I feel so lonely. And I'm like, yeah, so delete your Instagram. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to do that, because <laughs> what, what if I need some connection? I'm like, okay, but you just said that that's not connection. So that's the, like a cycle we get stuck in. And it makes me think of, I had this one wonderful client she was like kind of like at the bottom of the bottom, like at like literally couldn't even see her way out. She needed some help. Week after week after week, she would come in and she would tell me like all these dreams she had. We would like literally write down, okay, these are your goals, your six-month goals, your three-month goals, your 30-day goals. And um, we would talk about this stuff and we would get really excited and then she would leave. And then like every week she would come back and I'd be like, okay, so how did it go? And she'd be like, I didn't do it. And I would say, okay, well, let's make some more goals. And so we would do it again, and she would come back, and it would be the same thing over and over and over again. So I called her to tell her, hey, I need you to put on athletic clothes, and I need you to meet me in the woods. And she said, <laughs> she, 
She said, okay, where? And I said, actually, I'll drive you to the woods. And then she was like, okay. And then we signed whatever releases we needed to sign. And then we went into the woods together. And we really actually went to this place. It was called Adventure Works. And it is somewhere that they have like tons of team building activities, zip lining, ropes courses, all the things. So we go. And I bring her to this activity called the Leap of Faith. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's a telephone pole, like a very high pole, and there's rungs on it, and you climb to the top, and there's like a 10 by 10 or 12 by 12, they're like the same thing, wooden block at the top, and you have to climb the telephone pole, stand on the top of this telephone pole on this little baby block, and then the goal is to like jump off. Doesn't that sound fun? But like with a harness. Well, yes, you're like harnessed in. <laughs> So I show her this thing. I said, okay, so this is what we're going to do today. And she goes, this is not what we're going to do today. And uh, after we sat there for a second, I said, the truth is, you don't have to do this. And if you want, like, I believe how I work is, like, we challenge ourselves by choice, right? So if you want to climb, like, four rungs and then come down, if that's your goal, then you met your goal. That's totally fine. So this is what you can do. You get to decide what it is that you want to do. But what I want you to think about is why I might have brought you here. And she said, okay, I totally get it. Like, she's been seeing me probably four years at this point. So she kind of knows how my brain works. She's like, I get what you're doing. And she thought about it for a while, and she said, I want to climb to the top, and I want to jump off. And I said, okay. So we got her in her harness, and she climbed her way to the top. And for those of you who have done this, you know that, like, it's actually so scary. The pole will, like, wave in the wind. So you're like, oh, it's safe, but it's moving. <laughs> anyway, so she gets to the top, and she stands up. She does that. Total, it took her a while, but she did it. She stands up, and she looks down at me, and she's like, okay, actually, I changed my mind. I just want to stay here. And I just said, well, okay, does this feel familiar to you? And she said, like, annoyed. I think she was annoyed because she was getting the metaphor, the analogy, whatever it is. And she was like, yeah, it does. And she said, I feel really, really uncomfortable. And I'm really, really scared. Are you sure I'm safe? And I said, I am 1,000 million percent sure you're safe. Like, this has been checked three times. There's like four safety lines. If one breaks, there's another one. Like, you just ask me any question you need to know about how this thing works, I'll tell you, but you are safe. And I tell that story because I feel like a lot of us are at the top of the telephone pole, right? We've done the planning. We've done all of the like, okay, these are my goals. This is my 30 day and this is my 90 day and this is what I need to do. And we climb to the top of the pole and then we get up there and we feel so uncomfortable, and we say, well, this feels wrong, right? Because if I'm uncomfortable, obviously that means this is not safe. And it brings in this idea that I think a lot of us struggle with, I struggle with this, that the fear of what's gonna happen if I jump off this pole, right? Unknown, I've never done it before. Well, I've done it like 10 times, but she had never done it before. So if she were to jump off this pole, no idea what was gonna really happen. And the fear of that unknown was trumping everything that she felt in that moment, right? So it didn't really actually feel that great to be on that pole. And it didn't feel that great to go to the job that she hated every day, but she knows that pain, right? Like, we know the pain we live in. We know the fear we live in. We know all of that. And so I can handle this. I know I can handle this. But I don't know that. 
And so we get stuck there. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at macy's.com or in store again that's macy's.com you're going to be doing some shopping anyway why not round up and give back that's macy's.com or in store all right if you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're you know at a festival or concert because it's festival and concert season right now it's got to be all about the boots and Tacova's boots is where it's at that is your stop before attending your next concert I've loved my Tacovas. Anytime I wear them or I get a new pair, they feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A friend was over for dinner the other day and, you know, we were just making conversation around the table, asking questions. And this friend said to my daughter, like, hey, what's something that makes your mom happy? And her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset, especially when the smell is just right. And by smell, I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Sentiva is my go-to. And I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. And again, for me, it's always going to be coconut. My kitchen smells like a little tropical vacation when I use it. And I love that with Clorox, I know I'm getting a really good clean as well. So it's a powerful clean and a refreshing scent. Clorox Sentiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. You can get yours now at a retail store near you. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in Hope. 
When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. Going back to Walker Hayes, like, think about somebody, and some of you might have struggled with this yourself. If you go back to uh, an alcoholic, somebody struggling with any kind of addiction, when we're feeling any kind of feeling, whether it's sadness or loneliness or, or fear, it's so comfortable to walk into a bar and, like, take a bunch of shots and black out and numb out. Now, feeling sadness, fear, whatever it is for you, and sitting in that, that's, that's actually not going to kill you. That's probably, for an alcoholic, one of the safest places to be. But we forget that. And we tell ourselves, like, I've never been here, and I don't know how this is going to go, and it's probably going to go wrong. And so I think one of the solutions to getting unstuck is retraining our brains to remind ourselves that comfort does not always equal safety. Sometimes, maybe. But it doesn't need to be this, like, always and. And discomfort does not mean doom and gloom. I mean, sometimes maybe, sometimes fear really is that thing that's like, hey, don't walk into oncoming traffic without looking both ways. Yeah, that's good, listen to that fear. But when it comes to jumping off this telephone pole where you're harnessed in, you're okay. When it comes to telling your boss that you like actually hate your job, you're, that's not gonna kill you. It makes me think of my fitness pal. In my, like the end of my eating disorder or my disordered behaviors too, Lisa, when I was forking the noise, told me, Amy, you have to delete my fitness pal. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I've done all the things. I've done everything you've told me to do. I'm just entering in everything I eat every day, including an eighth of an egg if I shared waffles with my kids or whatever. Like I had to, I felt in such control yeah. because the fear of like not knowing, even though she was trying to say there's so much freedom on the other side. Like, trust me, when you get through this and you get to the other side, it's going to be okay. It took me forever to believe her. And that first week without it, it was almost like I was going to bed and I was like, I have no idea what I ate today. Like, this is crazy. I'm going to die. Right. If we don't do this thing, we might die. But you were in a whole different right. place. So that's just an example. Because like yeah. a, an alcoholic, too, it's like, no, 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 no. I just need to have a drink. And then it's like they're not having a drink. It's like, I, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't, I don't have a drink. But, you know, you've mentioned perfectionism and people pleasing. And, like, I, I got to please all the people or else, like, everything's going to fall apart. So, yeah, we get stuck in that yeah. for sure. Well, and I'm, I'm so excited for everybody to be here to hear what's going to continue to happen. Because... I want to add a question for everybody for this thing. And that is, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about when we drop these things, right? And then we pick up these other things and we're like, oh, we have this manufactured love or this manufactured belonging. I want you guys to ask yourself when you're trying to get unstuck, do I want to keep living in a world of manufactured connection or do I want to like take a risk 
now that I have maybe some tools and some experiences that are new and I'm in a different place, to try to find the real deal. And I want to remind everybody, because I think that when we get inspired, we're like, my life's going to change tomorrow. And like, it doesn't happen like that. Like, going to therapy is awesome, but a lot of talking isn't the thing that's going to actually change the chemistry in your brain. And the reason I took my client to that pole to jump off was not to like freak her out or like for her to think, oh, my therapist is cool. She takes me on field trips. It was so she could actually have an experience where she feels all of those things and she has a new experience where I can feel really uncomfortable and oh my gosh, this person that I trust caught me. And so the solution to all of this, the solution to getting unstuck is making a move. Yeah. And obviously making a move can be daunting because it's like, okay, well, I don't know what move to make. So we are going to get into that next. But before we do, we do have a book recommendation for this thing, which is Body Keeps the Score. And I feel like when you stay stuck in something, this is just like a very solid scientific book that shows you, oh, wow, like if, if I stay stuck in this, like it's going to start showing up for me, some stuff that was unfolding. And I freaking went to the hospital and got an echocardiogram for a lot of money because <laughs> I thought I was having a heart attack or something was wrong with my heart. And that thing came back so clean and turns out it was anxiety. <laughs> and I was like, well, what? Because I thought I, I had had different anxiety attacks, but it never shown up in a way where it felt like this pain in my chest. I had had panic attack situations, but not the pain. And I was just driving one day and it was sort of like, it's like I got the opportunity for a little case study because I got a phone call. And then about 30 minutes after that phone call, that pain came back. And I thought, oh, I just diagnosed myself. <laughs> this is anxiety and I could have saved. But it was like, it was a reminder too of our bodies send us messages and tell us things. And it doesn't mean every single ailment or thing that you have going on. Like if you work through it and you do the therapy and you do the work and you face the trauma, that suddenly it's going to happen. But there are actual stories in this book of times where they have been able to do the work and work through some things. And some of the stuff that was going on in their body went away. Well, if you think about like, and it's just just going off of what I just said, like if you have an experience where you feel a lot of fear, right, if that's the emotion that comes up, but you like actually almost die, that locks in your brain as like fear equals death. And so your body is going to remember that unless you process that trauma and you teach yourself that fear does not equal death. You felt fear and you thought you were going to die. Those are two different things. Yeah. The book is great, but it's heavy. I mean, it's like you're back, you're in school and you know, you you just take it in as you can in bite-sized pieces. Page by page. Page by page. And we've got a fun giveaway for this thing. And um, this is from my friend Sunday's shop in Southern Pines, North Carolina. And now I'll draw whoever we're going to go to. Okay, well, the Lord has spoken. (laughs) F3, is it you? Woo! F3. Okay, well, we can pass it back. Pass it back. Pass it back. Okay, this might be too personal, and you can say no. But I, we talked at the meet and greet, and do you mind anything sharing what I said or, or what you said? So I struggled with postpartum anxiety. I'm only 32, but, um, and I've always struggled with like a little bit of anxiety in life. 
And I always felt alone, and um, I was just like, wow, like this doesn't make sense. Like, why, why do I have these thoughts? But postpartum anxiety, like I had very intrusive thoughts, scary thoughts. And so I, as soon as I was like cleared to walk, I would walk to your podcast. And at that time, you and Kat were talking a lot about therapy. And I went back and forth a lot. I was like, I don't, I don't need it. I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I'd be like, you know, I think I do need the help. And then my husband was very nice, and I ran into a friend who was a therapist and was like, call me, come see me. And so that actually helped me make, like, your guys' podcast just helped, like, kind of push me, like, you know, to go and get help, and it just completely changed it. Like, I know therapy, it can be like, oh, it's kind of like, ooh, don't talk about it. But it was seriously life-changing for me, and I feel like I can be such a better mom, a better coworker. I actually made the jump from a job that I could not stand. And I cried like three out of the four days I went home <laughs> every night. And it wasn't bad, it helped me grow and I'm thankful for the experience. But just listening to you guys talk about your experiences helped me make the changes that I needed to change. And it's just like a, the biggest difference. Like I'm so thankful for that because yeah, it wasn't talked about and it was just like, hush, hush, like you're fine, you're fine. But it really helped push me to a better life, I guess. I'm not stuck anymore. So I it's love helpful. That. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that too, especially if you felt with the postpartum anxiety and not a lot of people were talking about it. I feel like just you saying that right there, someone else might hear it. And yes, yes, <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, when people decide to open up and share certain things, like it can be so helpful and encourage other people to get unstuck. This is just a mental note to make for yourself. Like anytime you feel like in your depths of your being and everything that like something is not right and someone tells you, oh, you're good. Red flag. Well, if you're saying I'm not okay and they're saying, no, yeah, you are. You can go the other way. Yeah, yeah. just go the other way. Yeah. So, you know, Kat, thank you for being here to talk about getting unstuck. And like you said earlier, like, you've got to make that move. For you, it was calling your therapist friend and being like, okay, I'm finally going to do this. I'm going to make that move. And I can't think of anyone better to bring out when it comes to making moves than my sister. All right, I want to tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at macy's.com or in store again that's macy's.com you're going to be doing some shopping anyway why not round up and give back that's macy's.com or in store all right if you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're you know at a festival or concert because it's festival and concert season right now it's got to be all about the boots and Tacova's boots is where it's at that is your stop 
before attending your next concert. I've loved my Tacovas. Anytime I wear them or I get a new pair, they feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A friend was over for dinner the other day and, you know, we were just making conversation around the table, asking questions. And this friend said to my daughter, like, hey, what's something that makes your mom happy? And her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset, especially when the smell is just right. And by smell, I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Sentiva is my go-to. And I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. And again, for me, it's always going to be coconut. My kitchen smells like a little tropical vacation when I use it. And I love that with Clorox, I know I'm getting a really good clean as well. So it's a powerful clean and a refreshing scent. Clorox Sentiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. You can get yours now at a retail store near you. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. And I can't think of anyone better to bring out when it comes to making moves than my sister, who is also randomly out of nowhere, a star on HGTV, Building Roots, Christy Dozier. Yay! Thank you for having me. I noticed you didn't introduce me as an expert. No. Also, this setup is really cute. There's a cowhide, a couple chairs. She sent me some pictures. She's like, is this okay? They had to flip over the table because something had it was too marble, shiny. Yeah. switched out the flowers. 
I know. They're but dead. It's the flowers are dead. It's no, well, it's building roots approved. Um, so this now chair's slippery. Oh, <laughs> I've got my making the move stack here. I'm going to just ask you, since we were just talking about it and making moves and, and everyone yes. might be processing out there like, oh, I wonder what, what is my beer in the fridge or what, what are my beers? I mean, I have, I just gave one example that you need to order. I have more. <laughs> I, yes, I have more. Yes. She has a lot of beers <laughs> in <Yeah>. the fridge. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you have a beer in the fridge? Yeah, I've been thinking about it, and I love that song by Walker. It's been super meaningful to me, but I hadn't thought about what my own beers in the fridge are. And at first, I was talking earlier to Kat, and I was like, I think maybe my beer is fear. Is my beer fear <laughs> in the fridge? Am I, like, carrying around a 24-pack in my backpack cooler, you know, of a fear? 24-pack of fear? 24-pack of fear, not yeah. beer. But then, you know, some fear is healthy, so fear's not bad, but so then I came, kind of started deducing that maybe my fears are more the, the people-pleasing and the perfectionism. Perfectionism. You just said that. Yeah, no, Just like I, straight I, out, like you knew what my beer was. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, I just was, you know. <laughs> perfectionism. Not that I'm ever perfect in anything, but like I, tr I try to keep everything just so, and maybe if it can be just so then maybe I won't have to like take action on stuff, you know, or maybe if I can just please people enough or that person or this person and just please them just right and just so, then I don't have to think about my own stuff and take action on my stuff. Yeah. I brought that up specifically about you because for so long I was kind of jealous of Christy's perfectionism because I didn't really have it. And... <laughs> You know, she, her house was always in order and she always made her bed every day. And now I'm a bed maker too. I didn't ever understand it, but I get it now. And it's more of a discipline thing. I wake up every morning, I make my bed. Woo, look at me. I can do hard things. And, um, <laughs> you know, then I go and like Mel Robbins says, I high five myself in the mirror and, you know, I do all of that. And it's sort of this checklist. Then I do my three minutes of journaling. I make my bed now, but it still doesn't like look that great, but it's made. And hers is like all the pillows and all the things and the throws and it's all, and then in her living room, the couch is there and the curtains. And fun fact, I don't know if you still do this, but you at one point in time were measuring the distance with a tape measure of the couch to the curtains. Cause like when you sh open and shut curtains, the curtains can kind of move and then the measurement gets off. But Christy would measure. She I would mean, measure each side, so it always looked. I don't feel like I used a tape measure. You're exaggerating. Well, what did you use? I just eyeball it. You know, does it seem center? Does it center? She measured. Is that picture straight. <laughs> she measured. Denial. She's in denial. Okay. I rarely even have a tape measure on me. It's always lost. <laughs> so yeah. it's an eyeball. Yeah. But so, yeah, anyway. it's a thing. My day could not start unless I made my bed. And if, if for some reason I got out of bed in a rush for whatever reason and things were just not going right, I'd just be like, oh, crap, I didn't make my bed. <laughs> this yeah. is the problem. Yeah. And so I'd go back, make my bed, restart, refresh. Yeah. Well, Making your bed changes the world. It it's, does. It was um, a changes study. Changes the world. There Someone did a study studies. on it. Yes. So Christy and I had the privilege of attending a writing workshop a couple of weeks ago at Donald Miller's house, led by Allie Fallon. They both walked through it. It was so amazing. There was probably about 40 people 
in the room-ish. It was so special and intimate. We got to process so much. And then we would break into these small groups and talk about what we wrote about. And again, I really feel like us going to that workshop was us making a move. Like we were like, oh, let's go do this. See what we can do here, what this brings up. And Christy wrote about some stuff about our dad, well, and yourself. And whenever she read it, I thought, oh, that's where we're gonna go with making a move. Like this is what we share. And I haven't decided yet if it's fair or not because our dad is no longer with us. So it's like, hmm. <laughs> when you're talking about someone, it's like, this is our experience of our dad. And I do honestly feel like if he was sitting right there, everything we say, he would be like, yeah, yeah. Like, que bueno. Que yeah. bueno. Good job. I'm proud of y'all. Keep Yes. It's Cause, fine. Because I don't want y'all to think anything we're saying is like, we don't have any bad feelings towards our dad, but he did have a very interesting life. And I guess I'll just toss to you when it comes to that side of things and what you wrote at the, the Write Your Story workshop. When we first started it, I remember I first wrote and I started out writing about my own panic attack <laughs> I had had right after dad died. And, um, you know, it felt quite like yours, but just different. You know, my tongue was numb. My arms were numb. I thought for sure I'm having a stroke, a heart attack. I went to the ER. I told them I was. <laughs> and then later they did all the tests and then they gave me some Ativan. And I was like, oh, I feel better. <laughs> And they were like, you were having a panic attack. And I was like, shoot, are you sure? You know, but they, apparently that's what I was having. So it's a real thing. So then I started processing through just a lot of what I had walked through with dad and like where my anxiety maybe first started, where my fears first started. So it's going to be story time. Basically, this is sort of the process I started at the writer's workshop where I started wrestling with where did my fear first enter in? And I think that's something that all of us can think about, like whatever you struggle with in adulthood, like thinking back to your childhood of, of when it first entered in is really an interesting process. And as Allie Fallon says, you know, just the power of writing it down and writing through it is really therapeutic. So I'm going to read my short story that I read at Donald Miller and Allie Fallon's writer's workshop. Not much was missing from his home, but enough to know he had packed a bag and a gun. Silver alerts went out, which is police code for missing elderly, and highway signs were programmed to flash his truck description. We side-eyed the term missing elderly? Though he was 72, he was vibrant, energetic, and not at all old. In between meeting with detectives and combing through his home for clues, I was breastfeeding my six-week-old baby, the newest and youngest of my four kids. Life had been really hard that year. After a full week of investigating and fearing the worst, we got the call. He was alive, he was safe, and he was heading his way back to us. He was my father. Soon, the missing truck pulled up, and my dad slowly shuffled up the gravel driveway of my home, nearly unrecognizable. His shoulders were slumped, his eyes were weary, and his soul was crushed. We ran out to hug him, thankful to know our worst thoughts could now be let go. As we helped him with his things, I noticed the black duffel bag with the red trim, and my mind spiraled back to my own childhood. This bag not only held his belongings, but also a heavy memory of my own. It was August 1990. I was 13 years old and Amy was nine. Our parents called us into the living room of the house we grew up in. 
as my dad looked at us and told us he'd be going away for a while. I gave him nothing but tears, as I knew this was way more than a business trip. This was the beginning of what it felt like to have your dad walk out on your family. I was crushed. As he stood to leave us, he grabbed his black duffel bag, the black duffel bag with the red trim, and walked out the squeaky back door. Fast forward 20 years. I was now 33, and that same duffel bag was walking back into my own home. Life had at long last overwhelmed him too much, and he had hit a rock bottom. Another failed marriage, his fourth, and another failed business venture sent him on a quest to just end everything. But something inside told him there was more to the story. He was making a move. And the first move was into our house. My dad became a whole other level of grandpa as he put his love language to work, cooking. He was up early making breakfast tacos or prepping dough for cinnamon rolls to bake with his grandkids. He often walked our newborn nightly in the stroller and stayed home with the kids so my husband and I could sneak out for a midweek date night. We had a live-in nanny of sorts, a manny. <laughs> and he had a love surrounding him that began re rebuilding him from within. In a way, we were both rebuilding each other. One night, sitting on my front porch, he told me he wasn't after the things he used to be after, chasing the ever-elusive happiness in the greener pastures. Everything he needed was right in front of him. Hearing those words healed me a little. In the years to come, he showed up in ways I couldn't have expected, and in time, owned the pain he had caused my mom, fully reconciling with her just days before she passed away from cancer that took over her body. All the hurt that was caused years ago was mended a little more in that moment as Amy and I sat and watched our dad lean over our dying mom and apologize for it. In my adult life, most any fear I have can be traced back to that time of 13-year-old me and the fear I wrestled with when my dad left. Fear that I wasn't good enough, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of disapproval, fear of criticism, fear of making mistakes, fear of conflict, fear of failure. I spent a lot of years trying to keep the peace, never letting my dad see me hurting or sad, trying to be good enough for him to notice, and that trickled into an endless list of shoulds in adulthood, things I thought I should do. Who was telling me I should? No one. I created the list on my own. Somehow the shoulds allowed me to avoid action on my own dreams within and kept me small and safe in a little box wrapped perfectly in fear. Soon entered my now favorite author, Shauna Nyquist, who said, life is both about the bitter and the sweet. When life is sweet, say thank you and celebrate. And when life is bitter, say thank you and grow. While fear is indeed an important bodily response and danger, and necessary when you're in the woods and come upon, say, a mountain lion, most everything I tend to be afraid of is not dangerous. I've learned to not let irrational fears convince me to stay tucked away under the covers of safety. And I've learned to pay attention to my dreams and to take action on them. It's part of what led us to take the leap of moving our family to a small mountain town and what led us to take a risk to open a small coffee shop, 
and also part of what led us to re reinvent our design business, and then subsequently what led a producer from New York to reach out to us through following our story on Instagram. I did all of those things, and I was scared. A TV show has never been on our dream list, but it sure has been an interesting turn of events in our story. Every day I have to film, you can bet the 13-year-old me shows up and says, I'm scared. I turn to her in reminder of a quote I've come to lean on from Georgia Dare. Everything you've ever wanted is sitting just on the other side of fear. That's it. <laughs> Amy hasn't heard this story. She's like, can you keep it to four minutes? <laughs> And I was like, it's five. Shoot. That's all. It's got to be five, Amy. So. No, it's fine and it's perfect. And it's that's why I wanted you to share it because I know making, even making that move to Colorado, there was a lot of fear with that. Making the move to do the TV show, there was a lot of fear with that. Thinking back to dad and his 30, 40, 50 year old self and different moves that he was making, but then suddenly at 72, having this life moment where he realizes like it's an aha moment of like all these moves I was making, he never wanted to sit down and do the work in those early years to figure out if they were the right moves that were actually a win for him or a win by society standards or whatever he was chasing. All right, I wanna tell you about something really awesome that Macy's is doing. It is currently Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. For the entire month of May, you can join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or simply round up in-store to APIA scholars. Now, APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. And Macy's has made it super easy. You can just round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA Scholars, which is an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Again, that's Macy's.com. You're going to be doing some shopping anyway. Why not round up and give back? That's Macy's.com or in-store. All right, if you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're, you know, at a festival or a concert because it's festival and concert season right now, it's got to be all about the boots. And Tacova's boots is where it's at. That is your stop before attending your next concert. I've loved my Tacovas anytime I wear them or I get a new pair. They feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. 
That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A friend was over for dinner the other day and, you know, we were just making conversation around the table, asking questions. And this friend said to my daughter, like, hey, what's something that makes your mom happy? And her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset, especially when the smell is just right. And by smell, I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Sentiva is my go-to. And I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. And again, for me, it's always going to be coconut. My kitchen smells like a little tropical vacation when I use it. And I love that with Clorox, I know I'm getting a really good clean as well. So it's a powerful clean and a refreshing scent. Clorox Sentiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. You can get yours now at a retail store near you. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food. Everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. And so I feel like winning for dad at 30 and 40 and 50 and even 60 was, was different. Like, you know, dad was making some moves. And I know even thinking back to the time when dad went missing, I remember I was living in North Carolina at the time and I got a call and I, I even call, I called Bobby and I was like, I don't think I can be on the show in the morning. And I went missing from the show for like a week. We never talked about it. It was this weird thing that also we never talked about. It was like weird. It was dad, too personal. Dad went missing. We have a half-brother from our dad's first marriage. And a half-sister. And a half-sister, Kim, mm-hmm. David, shout out. We love them. Their mom was dad's first wife, which is Judy. And she was also Judy. She's, she's Judy. <laughs> and then uh, our dad was Cliff. And then they got divorced, and he married Bobby Sue? Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. I don't know. We never um, met her. But... But that, that Judy, she got remarried to another Cliff. And then when dad divorced uh, Bobby, whoever, he married our mom, Judy. And so with our brother and sister, Kim and David, for, for about 13 years or so, there was Cliff and Judy number one and Cliff and Judy number two. <laughs> they were all of our parents. And so like, but now Cliff and Judy number one got divorced and, and Cliff and Judy number three got divorced. And then... Right. And then our dad married Cricket. And also to something fun to acknowledge just about our dad is, is eventually after he had made the move into this new version of himself, he, he started dating my sister's husband's grandma. Oh, gosh. <laughs> 
But we decided they could never get married because then, like, my father-in-law would also be my brother-in-law and my father-in-law. And my husband would, like, be my cousin. It was just... <laughs> Everything is fine. But... I think even why I even brought that up, I was thinking about David, because when dad went missing, like our brother was like, okay, you know, dad, he's either in Vegas putting it all on red or he's killed himself. Like those were the two options. Like that's how, that's like how severe and it was. And that, that was, the, that is the absolute truth. So that's what we were processing. And we're like, okay. So thank God, turns out he didn't do either of those. So we were wrong. But when he did show back up at Christie's door, and he was in his 70s until, you know, he had his own battle with cancer, he really was living life differently, and I feel like he was finally, like, winning, and, you know, he would have looked, he probably looked back on some of his decisions earlier and been like, oh, I thought that was winning, but that was actually losing, and that makes me think of my friend Nicole Gallion, who's a singer-songwriter out of Nashville, and she just put out an album that is a memoir of her life, and it is the most beautiful album ever. And the way she packaged it and put it together, I encourage you to check out the whole thing. It's called Firstborn, but a song on that album is called Winner. And that's what we're gonna talk about now. And here's Nicole. Hi, Four Things fam. I'm Nicole Gallion, and I wanna talk a little bit about my song Winner. It's the first song on my new record called Firstborn. And it is the first song because um, my record's chronological and I was born in a town called Winter, South Dakota. <laughs> um, my whole life, ironically, I've been a chronic overachiever, um, highly competitive, always wanna try new things and take everything as far as I can take it. Um, I've got that blue collar, Kansas, work hard mentality. Um, and, and it's really served me in my life. I look up at now 38 and I've gotten to accomplish so much and I've been so blessed as a songwriter and just in the music business all around. But now that I'm 38 and I have two amazing kids and an awesome husband and, um, and a life that I could have never dreamed of, um, I've had to stop and really redefine what winning looks like for me. and. That's what this song is about. This, um, this song follows the arc of going from having something to prove to myself or to someone else and others to having really nothing to prove, um, only living a life that represents my true values. And so these days, for me, winning looks more like just getting dinner on the table for my kids, actually being home in time for dinner more nights a week. Um, being the one that gets to do bedtime. And sometimes winning, to me, might look like losing to someone else. Um, me saying no to some opportunities or um, just some music business events that might look really sexy and cool for someone else. That might look like a lose um, in someone else's eyes, but for me, it's a win um, if I'm just staying true to my heart. So I hope that when you hear winner, it makes you just ask yourself, what does winning look like for you? And um, how do you define success um, in your heart and mind? So I love that last line that she just said there. What good is being a winner? Nobody's even keeping score. And it's, it's like, just assess in your own life if you're keeping score or you're around others that are keeping score. Like, that's not how we want to live. And I just love that song so much. And Nicole has 
assessed her life and then started making different moves for herself that look like wins. And when it comes to making a move, it doesn't mean just get off your butt and start making all kinds of moves all over the place. It's really taking the time to assess, like Nicole was saying, your truth, what lines up with you, what feels good. And to like bring him back into this a little bit, he never took the time to sit and really assess He just was always go, go, go. He was making all the moves. And this type of make a move is really spending time with it and seeing what move is going to be a win in your eyes and in your heart. And Christy, you mentioned your move to Colorado and you, y'all were in Austin, Texas and your kids were at a great school and you had this great life and this great business and y'all make the move to a small town in Colorado. Like some people might've been like, huh, that's weird. That seems backwards. Like why that seems like that's not winning, that's, that's losing, but you know, so much has come from that. So Christy, thank you so much for talking about making thank a move. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the giveaway, and I love you. Okay, I'm done. So the question for this fourth thing is, how do you want to show up in the world and how do you want to be remembered in this one life? We've had wisdom tonight from different artists in country music, which has been super cool. But these video clips all started with an idea that I had with one group in particular, and that was Little Big Town. And I had this song in mind for them, and I kind of had the idea of doing a live podcast, but I didn't really know what that was going to look like or how I was even going to do it and if I even was, because who even listens and why do I even do this and da 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 I'm not saying all that to ask for that. These are the thoughts, sometimes the loop that's in my head sometimes. And I ran into Kimberly Schlappman from Little Big Town randomly. She was coming out of somewhere. I was walking in and I was like, Kimberly, hey. And so we hug and I was having one of those low days where I didn't even know what I was doing in life. And she just said, hey, Amy, I'm so glad I ran into you. I was just listening to one of your episodes the other day and it was such an encouragement to me. So I just wanted to say thank you. And I was like, you listen to my podcast. And so then in the back of my mind, I had this little big town idea and I thought, well, I just ran into her. What if this is God saying, say something? This is my, you know, God wink, angel tap, whatever. I don't know. So I just say, oh, can I run something by you real quick? And she was like, sure. And I said, well, I have this idea and I want to do a live podcast and I can't really afford to bring a bunch of country artists with me on the road. So I thought, well, videos might be the next best thing. And music is so therapeutic and healing. And there's so many songs that have such great messages. And I can just highlight these songs and people can go home and listen to them later and feel encouraged or empowered or moved or they need to cry or laugh or whatever it brings up in them in the different things. And I said, I have this little big town song. Like y'all are the, y'all are the only artists I have in my mind right now actually, because I don't even know that I'm ever going to even do this. But let's say I did. Would you, would you be a part of it? And maybe could y'all make like a 60 second video for this song? And she said, absolutely, we'll do it. She goes, but I have one thing. We just came out with a new album and there's a song on it called Rich Man. So, you know, I'll do whatever song you want, but I would love for you to go listen to that. And then send me a message and see what you think. And so I immediately, when I left there, I got in my car and I put on Rich Man and I had like a 20 minute drive and I listened to it a few times over and over. And I was like, yes, this is it. 
all of that worked out for a reason because that is exactly the song that is perfect for how do you want to be remembered? How do you want to show up? And so I messaged her and, well, here's Little Big Town. Hey, Four Things fam. Uh, we just wanted to say hi. And we're a little big town here. And um, we're going to talk about our song, Rich Man. And I'm going to let Jimmy talk about it because it's a very emotional song that he wrote about his family. And since I'm part of his family, <laughs> I'm included. <laughs> yeah, I, A Rich Man um, is a special song to me. I've got a huge family. We're super close, all of us. And um, this song, I think, especially in the past few years, I feel like all the things that didn't matter as much kind of fell away and it came back to the focus of the things that mean the most to you. And uh, I hope that when you listen to this song, that it takes you to that place too and makes you think about the people that are around you, that love you and that you love and that you share a relationship with that builds you up and carries you through your life because that's what my family is to me. And uh, I hope I hope that when you listen to this song that you, you feel all of that. It's the most important thing. Amen. So with that song in mind, I want you to imagine that it's your last day on earth. Who do you want by your side and how do you hope they remember you or what do you want them to remember about you? And I remember the final days with my mom and the revolving door of people that were coming to my sister's house as we had her there on hospice. And they were there sharing stories and saying their goodbyes. And I don't know if she could even hear or understand, but they encouraged us to still share things and say things to her. And so people were coming by and doing that and they were sharing things with, with Christy and me and the impact my mom had had on their lives. And when I think about her opening up to share her journey on the Bobby Bone Show and how that turned into a whole movement, which was completely organic and unexpected, which is Pimp and Joy. And some of you are here in your Pimp and Joy gear right now, which is super cool. So it's crazy to think that what it's turned into and how Pimp and Joy is now a part of how we remember her and it's part of her legacy. I was born in Austin, Texas in 1981. My mom was my best friend. I went to her for everything. So an opportunity came my way to join the Bobby Bone Show, which is a morning radio show. And I remember going to my mom and saying, you know, do you think this is something I should do? She's like, now is the time to do it. So she is the reason why I took the job. In 2012, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. The cancer came back a couple of different times, but once it had returned on the outside of her skin and the doctors were saying there is no cure, that's when you're desperate for anything. At one of her appointments at MD Anderson, we went to the chapel to pray, as a lot of people do. My prayer probably would have been like, okay, Lord, heal me if it was me. But she prayed out loud, and her prayer was the most selfless prayer I've ever heard. And she just said, Lord, use this cancer for good because clearly I'm going through this for a reason, and I don't want it to be for nothing. So listeners were very invested in her story. She uh, would let me give updates. People really cared about how she was doing. And so one day I was like, Mom, you should start a Twitter. I jokingly typed in Judy B. Pimp and Joy. And Bobby just said, hey, 
let's start having our listeners use the hashtag pimp and joy and they can share with us on social media how they are choosing joy for themselves. So that's how pimp and joy was born. We realized it was catching on. We had a friend that did clothing and merchandising and she said, I really think like a pimp and joy hat could be awesome and all the proceeds could go to whatever cause. And I have a picture of my mom and she wasn't really doing great at this point. She's wearing these leopard pajamas she would always have on because they were so comfortable. And then she's got on the pimp and joy hat and that was her like approval pick. She's like, I approve this hat. And about two weeks later, she passed away. We never got to launch the hat while she was alive, but I think she would probably freak out to know that to this day, Pimp and Joy has been able to donate over $2 million to various causes. I think it's brought our listeners together, given my mom an answer to her prayer, and it's really, it's my mom's legacy. And now that we get to see her prayer answered all the time is pretty cool, because I know not a lot of people get to experience something like this. <laughs> Shout out to Texas Monthly for that video. That was part of their Project Optimism, and it was so, so cool for them to do that. And, you know, the Shop Forward was mentioned in there, and Pimp and Joy. And so that's the, that's the giveaway for this thing. And they're so generous to, um, we're actually going to draw four people four things, four people, and you get to go each pick out one thing from the merch table to take home with you, whatever item. It doesn't have to be Pimp and Joy. It could be four things. It can be that I need a nap. It can be I'm fine, it's fine, everything's fine, whatever, a four things tote, whatever you want. But just a quick note about the merch too. Some of you probably know I've adopted two children from Haiti. Um, we brought them home this Christmas. It will have been five years that they have been with our family. And it's crazy. Um, my daughter is 15 now, and our son is 12. And it's wild to think how much they've grown in these last five years. But the orphanage, Haiti in general, is not doing well at all. Uh, it's not always in the news, things that are going on there. But it's pretty it's pretty bad there. And speaking of Pimp and Joy and that donation, like, is anybody here part of the original OG blue Pimp and Joy shirt that helped build the bakery? Okay. Yes. So that bakery that we built, that was because of Pimp and Joy. And it's been a huge blessing to the orphanage. But right now, diesel prices are crazy there. You have to use diesel to run the generator to run the orphanage. And they can't even afford the gas. It's a problem in the entire country. A lot of organizations we work with there are struggling right now, but the orphanage in particular, the bakery provides jobs for people in the community, and then it provides funds for the orphanage and also bread for the orphanage as well. And so right now, 100% of the proceeds from the merch is going to the orphanage in Haiti. So just... Whatever you get tonight, if you've already shopped, great. If you are like, I don't know if I was going to shop or it's not really for me, like maybe think in your head, is there anybody that you're Christmas shopping for? You know, obviously you can order from the shopforward.com later, but here tonight you don't have to pay shipping and it's already here and you can like check some people off your list and just know that all proceeds are going to the orphanage, which will always have a special place in my heart. And we're just always looking for ways to support them when we can. So thank y'all in advance for that support tonight. So I will draw E104. Yay! Oh, L! And you're wearing Pimp and 
joy. And I remember you from the meet and greet, and you came here tonight alone. Yes. <laughs> I only point that out because I feel like that's amazing, right? If you know anyone who, like, struggles with having community or anything like that, like, really encourage them to do stuff like this because I have never been... Yes, you came here by yourself. You you came here. You said earlier that you did, and I've never done anything like this before and by myself. I think I've said that, like, eight times, but it's it was so liberating to come and do this, and, I mean, this is just so awesome, and I'm so glad I could be here for this. Thank you so much. Some of you have probably looked under your seats. I see that you have them. Speaking of the shop forward and four things and merch and whatnot, but you see the puzzles. And maybe, do you see the popper? Do you see the emergency confetti popper? Okay, so grab those. We're gonna use them in just a second. Everybody's getting up to look under their seat. Houston, <laughs> So, I wanna talk about the puzzle before we get to the popper. I included the puzzle and a big thank you to the Shop Forward and One Country for making the puzzle possible for each of you. And this is a very special puzzle to me because, well, Mary and I designed the entire thing and that's why it seems a little weird, like it's got a cat and a dog, but that's my cat Maggie and my dog Kara. And then it's got a bunch of fun things on it and fun colors and hidden messages and a chocolate chip cookie, which is baked by Root House Coffee. And I'm not even gonna tell you how many cookies I made Christy bake to get the right cookie for the puzzle because um, some of them didn't look very good. But she wanted, she was all about it. She's a perfectionist. So really what the puzzle is here for is some backstory on that is I used to hate puzzles, but then when I was going through like that really crazy part in life, I suddenly found myself at my kitchen table uh, doing puzzles for hours on end and playing bird bingo. And bird bingo is I had my bird feeder right outside my kitchen window, and I had my bird chart with all the different birds that would come visit my feeder, and I'd be like, boop, I saw a tufted titmouse today. <laughs> and, you know, have y'all seen that meme where it's like, one day you're just young and carefree, and the next day you, like, can name birds? <laughs> And it's like, what? Yeah, that was me. So as I was talking with one of my mini therapists, can't even remember which one at this point, they were like, oh, that's like, I really feel as though there's some depression happening and this is your space to just be depressed with your puzzles and your birds. And I was like, well, that's interesting. But she's like, actually, it is interesting and amazing, and you need to keep doing it. Do as many puzzles as you want to do because it's actually really, really good for your brain. And you're able to, like, work your brain in a way that's – it is therapeutic and it's, it's mindless, but yet you're exercising it. And then, I don't know, for me, there was a level of excitement every time I would find, like, a piece that I'd been looking for, and it was like I could celebrate those things. Like, Kat, right, what is the deal with the puzzle? Like, why would that be good for my brain? A lot of dopamine. And then it makes you, when you get dopamine, you want to do it again and again yeah. and again. And so for me, when I would fill out the puzzle, I kept wanting to do it again and again, but it was a good distraction for sure. So I would do the puzzles and lots of them. Again, with cat, I don't know, metaphor, analogy, whatever it is. It's, it's a great metaphor or analogy for life and like that our life 
has all these different pieces, but when we're putting it together along the way, we can't see the finished product until we've gone through and, and struggled with trying to fit pieces in the wrong place or figuring out where it was or if our dog ate one of the pieces or, you know, chewed it up and now it doesn't fit right, but like, hey, it still looks good. That's for what we're talking about here. Like, life is going to take you on a journey and there's a lot of different pieces that make it up. But one of the puzzles I put together was a Dolly Parton one, and it was Dolly, and had a rainbow, and it was like a Dolly quote of, you know, now I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly, but just after the storm comes the rainbow. Someone looked that up. <laughs> but you get what I mean. Like, and then, you know, you're in the storm, you've got all the different pieces and puzzles, and then you put it together. It's like, oh, this all makes sense now. Like I was saying in the first thing, my life was totally falling apart. Like the things that were happening, I literally could not believe were happening to me all at the same time because it seemed completely bonkers and unbearable. And then I, now that I'm on the other side of it, they were all absolutely necessary. And it was so divine that they happened at the same time and they were used for good. And, you know, even with my mom and Pimp and Joy, like we can see now her prayer, like she wanted her cancer to be used for good. She would also be a big fan of the poppers and celebrating life because you never know when you know, you might get that call that there's cancer or that your dad, like, honestly, when my dad ended up on life support, I mentioned that in the first thing, but he had just moved in with me. We had years ahead with him. When I say unexpected, it was unexpected. I mean, he had fallen on my watch, which I still struggle with a little bit, but I was like, ah what in the world just happened? Because I, when he got into the ambulance after we called 911, and we're like in the entryway of my house. Like I just remember being like, dad, and it was COVID, so you couldn't get too close and I couldn't go to the hospital with him. But I was like, I'll, I'll probably pick you up tomorrow. It's no big deal. You'll be fine. And then when I woke up the next day, the call was, he's on life support. And I'm like, okay, well, when, when are we gonna, when do we get the tubes out? When does he come back? And they were like, no, I don't think you get it. Like, I think you need to call, you know, family and friends and they need to come in. Like, this is, y'all are going to have to make the decision to, to unplug him. So anyway, it's just, you never know when you're going to get that phone call about a loved one or yourself. And so I really want to just encourage you to just try to move towards living a full life for yourself. And one of the ways that we get to do that, just to recap real quick, journaling. We journal through, we process, we get there, then we go make a move, we read the books, we do all the things, but we also, we celebrate life. We celebrate the big and the small. So that's how we're gonna wrap up tonight is celebrating all together. And I want you to think in your head, what is one thing I can be proud of or celebrate in my life at this moment, right now, and we're going to pop them all together, and I I'm not going to use a mic for this, so Elizabeth, come. Keep your headset on. This is Elizabeth, and this night would not be possible without her. Three, two, one, pop! so much for coming tonight it means to me for sure and now I'm out of breath but um you know we started this thing with younger me and 
it's the younger me that I want to tap back into. And I think I filmed that younger me video probably a year before my dad left. And that younger me was very curious about life. Again, I thought my life was so amazing. I was creative and I, I definitely had a different spirit about me that I didn't realize until later on looking back of like, I feel like after my dad left, that was like the first big T in my life. So we have big T's and we have little T's and those traumas stick with us. And that was when I started to dim my light a little bit internally. And I think I'm now ready to start tapping back into that, that young, curious, creative me. I think it's only appropriate that she says bye to us tonight. Bye, so long. And toodaloo plus bye. Bye. Wow. Ha. Bye. Oh gosh. Nope. I ought to fire this people. So y'all saw all the people help that helped put together tonight, but believe it or not, I didn't that was my imaginary crew. <laughs> Um, that I was going to fire. Nobody was working with me on that show that I filmed in the laundry room. But seriously, y'all are amazing. Here's to living life, getting unstuck, making moves, and showing up. Good night, y'all. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. 